Blog Talk Radio. Anyone want coffee? Hello, fellow book writers and caffeine fiends. Welcome to A Daily Cup of Joe, where you'll get to hear from publishing industry pros and affirm your inner bookworm. Welcome to the Monday edition of A Daily Cup of Joe. One Monday a month is for veterans of Utopia. Those folks who've been with the con for at least three years poured their hearts and souls into the event and welcomed newcomers with open arms. Yes, it's Tuesday. Let's just go with it and pretend, okay? I'm Joe Michaels of the Joe Michaels blog, and I'll be your host. Today, I have author Amy Evans with me. Amy's young adult titles include Clicks and Echoes, books one and two of the Dolphin Prophecy series, and the new adult novel, Pink Jellybean Kisses. You can give Amy a follow on social media via the links in the show description. She's been visiting Utopia since it started, and she was one of the first people I came in contact with after I bought my exhibitor table back in 2013. Her hugs are unlike any other, and I can't wait for you guys to meet her. Are you ready? I bet you are. Let's get our gab on. Hi, Amy. Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you today? I'm very, very happy to hear your voice. <laughs> Ditto. I miss you so much. I haven't seen you since June. It seems like it was so long ago. I know it wasn't, but it feels like it. I know. It's not fair how much, like, you know, you look forward to the people that you get to see in June all year because it's such a special place that Utopia, like, brings all these amazing people who get you in one place together for, you know, a longer time now than it used to be. So that's a blessing. Absolutely. So um, I have a list of questions that go on and on and on. So I'm just going to jump on in there with one that I've been asking all of my guests that are veterans who've been with Utopia for a while. So the first one is, um, what is it about Utopia that keeps you coming back? It's that one thing that made you realize you'd never miss a conference if you could help it. I think it's that the people there get me. Like when I was first there and I, you know, was talking to people about my writing process and how I spent my days and realized that these are people who understood that, you know, if I had a good work day, I would show up to pick my kids up at school looking like I was still in the days. And people would ask me questions about the PTA and I'd be like, you're not a dolphin. You're not saying, what are you doing talking to me right now? And, you know, I always heard people thought there was something seriously wrong with me. And then I went to Utopia and realized that, not only was there nothing wrong with me, here were these amazing, incredible, brilliant, successful people who were kind of just like me, and they got me, and they welcomed me. And that's a great feeling to find a place where you, you know, the, your favorite parts of yourself belong. Oh, I like the way you put that, your favorite parts of yourself, because that's so true. It's those yeah. quirky parts that not a lot of people get, but the people at Utopia get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think that that's what's it's, no, it's like author band camp, you know? Like, <laughs> it's a place where you can just go and be yourself. <laughs> That's a beautiful, beautiful analogy. I love it so much. <laughs> so um, I, I know you've been with the conference since year one. That's many, many years. Um, we're coming up on our fifth, which is it just blows my mind kind of because I think it'll be my third. So I only missed yep. two years. I'm, and we're in there. But um, it's so exciting, but... 
I have memories from that first year. So do you have memories from your first year? Like what was your favorite activity or panel? Well, this is going to sound kind of self-centered, and I don't mean it to, but my favorite panel was the one that I was on. So I hadn't even considered publishing when I went to Utopia or publishing myself. I was still, you know, writing. And Janet and I talked about the conference, and I had just been to um, – a CDWI, and had a lot of conversations with people about technology, which was my field before um, before this the book business. And Janet and I were talking about it. We're both kind of like tech geeks. And I said, you know, I talked to a lot of people who seem to have a hard time contemplating how they could take their stories onto other platforms. And you know, that's something I'm really passionate about. So if this fits into your conference or you think it might be helpful, just let me know. I'd love to help. And so she contacted me a month later, and she's like, I put you on a panel, blah, blah, blah. And she put me on a panel with um, Abby Glein and Amanda Havard. And I was kind of blown away because I really respected both of them, <laughs> loved their books. And had even, you know, talked about my book sort of as a balance between those two stories because the, the Vincent Boys is very, like, you know, romantic triangle, small town, very specific culture and Amanda Havard Survivor Series is a lot of mythology that wraps around an entire group of people over, you know, hundreds of years. And it's, her books are brilliant and complicated. I'd like to think mine are at least complicated, you know? And so I got to see yeah. people and just being there with them and talking about it and listening to them was, I mean, I think I probably would have gotten just as much of a thrill being in the audience. But I wasn't in the audience, and that was kind of amazing. So it was, it was, you know, a personal, like, lift up just to feel like, hey, I'm sitting in a row with these people, and, you know, I'd hope to sit in them at other events for other reasons for, you know, making my way. Yeah. And that was kind of a good start. Oh, absolutely. How, how much have you seen of them since then? Have they also been at every Utopia? Um. I forgot how many, I think Abby came to two. I was actually, I just hosted a panel at Queen City IndyCon that Abby was on, so that was fun. Um, so I got to be with her again there, and, I mean, she's a brilliant writer, and she's also a hoot in person, and this was like a big old building with lots of ghosts, and it was a great, uh, great panel about trends. And Amanda and I actually, I worked with Amanda for a while on her immersed edition company. She has a fantastic electronic ebook platform that she built and she's a brilliant girl in both like you know fiction and technology and um she's focused on the technology at the moment but i hope you know she'll come back and do more stuff in the fiction world because i love her books personally so i got to spend a lot of time with her after the first two conferences i guess but you know i think it's hard for people to come back every single year you have to weigh all the pros and cons and there are so many great author events that tug at us. You know, for me, Utopia is very close to my heart, and I feel like it's such a good balance of yeah. time and money and education and inspiration. But, you know, nobody absolutely. can go everywhere all the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's that's one of the reasons that I say, you know, what makes you realize you never miss a conference if you can help it. Because, hey, life gets in the way, right? Sometimes things happen that are beyond our control. We just kind of have to roll with it. <laughs> it's true. So, but um, one of the things... I, I mean, I, I have to tell you, like, there was a, there were a few moments last year where I was worried I wasn't going to be at Utopia, and um, I won't go into all the reasons why, but 
my husband couldn't believe <laughs> how much that particular thing kept coming up when we talked about, you know, the pros and cons about what was going on and what that might mean for us and our family and summer and this, that, and the other thing. And he's like, of all the things we're talking about, you keep talking about this one the most. And I was like, yeah, I know. I, I don't know if I can quite explain it. But especially this past year, you know, every year Utopia changes, I think, for everyone. Um, but especially for me, um, and this past year, I had a, a few people that I'd never gotten to meet in person who were planning to come to the conference, people that, you know, I work with on NA Lit Chat. So they had already, you know, that was the fact that it's become sort of like a destination meeting place for people that you get to interact mm-hmm. with and come to care about online, which is, you know, a very cool, new, weird thing in our world. Um, and then you can meet up with them there. It, it's even like more beautiful. Like it's, it's, it continues to expand my world in ways I don't, I can't imagine. Oh, I totally get it. It's those people that you never would be able to meet otherwise. Like I got to meet Tia two years ago. Exactly. Really exciting. I was like, exactly. Yeah. And then you know there are people. Yeah. So to me, that's 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 one of the ways that it changes. And this year, actually, with the fifth anniversary, like I think I want to bring my daughter. Um, which is not something I had contemplated before, but with the middle grade edition and last year there were quite a few kids running around and she's 10 now and is a voracious reader. And I think it would be so cool for her to meet like all these people who are following their dreams and, you know, kicking butt at it. And also seeing a little bit more of like mommy's world that's not mommy. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So. Get them. My daughter's been begging to come. Yeah, I don't know if she'll come for the whole time, but I think they're either, you know, they're going to come for a little bit, either my whole family or my mom might just come with her. So that's another change. Like, a few years ago, I wouldn't have imagined even wanting my family there because it was, like, such a private, like, oh, my God, it's like, all these people are crazy like me. I want to keep them all to myself and hide them away. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But now, so now I'm ready to share them a little more. <laughs> I don't feel quite as selfish and proprietary. <laughs> well, we like to be shared, you know, sometimes um, just with close family members like children. I love children. Oh, my goodness. Love kids. So I'm super excited about the addition of middle grade, I have to say. So um, that's one of the expansions and growth things that's going on at Utopia. So is that one of the things that you like? And what it, what are the things that you like and don't like about the growth and expansion that's going on? Uh, well, it sounds weird because, it's one of my favorite places to be, but the extra day last year really threw me for a loop. I'm like, I don't know if you call it an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert, but I love people yeah. and when I'm like in a situation like Utopia, I'm sort of 150%, but I really need that like quiet writing time or quiet alone time as well. And, you know, you don't want to take that time away when you're at a conference. And if it's like three days, I don't have to. But when it gets more than that, I have to find a way to do that for myself. It it almost feels like a waste of time in a way because you're like, I don't want to miss anything. Like these are people I only get to hang out with once a year or I may never see again. Um, but you kind of have to. So that's for me that even though it's only it was only like one extra day, that was hard from a like a – keep your head together perspective and also just from a family perspective and, you know, it, it's one thing to go away for a long weekend from your family. It can be another to go away for what winds up amounting more to like a week. So that was a transition that um, I could have maybe lived without, but I wasn't about to miss anything. <laughs> so right. I, I went when I was <laughs> too. Um, I'm very 
excited about the addition of middle grade. My first book was actually a middle grade book, and I sort of stopped. Um, I, I sort of over-edited. You know, we all have those, like, hidden manuscripts that we just kind of had to put down and move on. Um, and I think now because my kids are closer to that age, I'm starting to think like that again. Um, so I'm really excited because I think at the moment, self-publishing in middle grade haven't been there hasn't been a ton of overlap. And so I'm sort of curious to um, to see what people have to say about that at the, um, you know, in the different panels, whether that's possible, whether if I want to go back to middle grade, if I have to look into more traditional publishing routes. Like, I just don't know. I haven't spent a lot of time researching it, but now, like, it's sort of buzzing around in my brain because I know when I go there, I'll be able to get some good information and that kind of you know, helps me not throw out those ideas that I might have. Like, it's like I actually have, a, like, a middle grade. There are two books that I've had, like, kind of in my head. You can't ever write everything you come up with. So I always am like, hmm, what's sticking? You know, like, what ideas do I come up yeah. with that fly away after five minutes? And what ideas do I come up with that sort of won't leave me alone and continue to wake me up at night, even, you know, a month or two after they pop into my head? So two of those yeah. ideas middle grade so you know for me yeah. like transitionally it's just kind of interesting so I'm I'm, I'm don't excited you, to learn more about that oh yeah don't you love those books that nag you nag you nag you until you put something on paper and then you're like okay I can put you away for now and come back to you later <laughs> yeah yeah I mean and, and and sometimes I'm sort of amazed I've been trying to work out a book concept in my head like basically all summer and I was having a hard time figuring out how I wanted to approach it and you know, all of a sudden it came to me um, a couple weeks ago. And then when I went down to sort of write it down, I went through my old, like, idea files and I actually found that I had one that overlapped quite a bit. You know, not enough that I would, um, mm-hmm. not enough that it's exact. So I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this thing that I was writing about, like, one random day, you know, a few years ago actually fits into this story that I'm trying to tell now and that might be a nice piece of it. So, you know, it's all important, but some things just don't, some things like have a chokehold on you, and some things are just yeah. like fun and good brain fodder, you know. Yes, yes, I do. Oh man! So you were talking about the conference expanding to four days last this year, and then next year it's supposed to expand even more, and we're going to start having activities on Wednesday night instead of everything starting on Thursday morning. So how are you going to prepare for the conference itself, and how do you think you're going to mentally prepare to handle those days? I'm not sure yet. I'm really not. Um, you know, I signed up for an exhibitor booth. I've never done a full exhibitor table before. Like, I've always just done um, a day um, because I like the option. You know, I like to walk around. And I've also always been on panels, so there's always been the option of, like, oh, I'll be in this room for an hour, you know, if you want to come and see me. But um, I like having an exhibitor table for one of the days. I forgot the option. <laughs> I sound bad, but I signed up for whatever the first option was just because <laughs> right away I wanted to support the con for next year and just say, you know, yes, mm-hmm. please. You know, I'm, you know, I'm with you. However, it has to happen. Um, so actually, I need to figure out what what I signed myself up for. But I don't, I don't honestly know the answer to that. And I think if my family comes, it'll be even more challenging because I'll be trying to balance, you know, being with them a little bit and taking the time mm-hmm. that I. But I think that the best insight I have for that is just to make it your own. You know, you don't have to go to everything. You can be very decisive, and that might help you make you. That might help you get more out of it. Um, one thing that I did yeah. last year, 
although I didn't make it to as many panels as I wanted to, was I decided that I was only going to go to craft panels this past year because I feel like I've spent a lot of time over the past few years and the past few utopias really embracing everything that everybody had to share from a marketing perspective, which is so important, and I'm like no kind of an expert. But, you know, I wanted to try to have a different kind of a weekend to put my, like, to put my writing brain on instead of my publishing brain on. And so that was one way that I kind of decided to deal with it. Oh, absolutely. That's a great way to deal with it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, my roommate every year, we, we tend to go hide after everything is over because we do need that quiet alone time, yeah. you know, just no one talking to us where we can just, I guess you key down is, is the key phrase there. Like, you you know, you're so keyed up from all the activities all day and then you're just exhausted by the end of the day. So I totally see where you're coming from there. It makes perfect sense. I also think but, I'm kind of like an in for a penny, in for a pound person and I usually go and have my own room. I'm an only child, so <laughs> like I'm not very good at sharing. But this year, um, you know, I, I wanted to share with <laughs> a good friend of mine, like somebody I know really well and I knew enough that like she was chill and like I could get along with her and and um and not worry about it. But you know, even so I I was kind of like, okay, like if this was the wrong person, like this would be scary. So I think you need to think about how you need to experience this. Like I had a friend that went this year and she's like a lovely person, very outgoing, very social. She's like, I need my own room. She's like, I know myself with these things. I must have my own room and I'm willing to pay for it because otherwise like I may as well not go because it's not going to be what I need it to be. I'm not going to have enough energy to socialize, you know, like I, I will get so much more out of it. And that's like everything else. That's like a calculation that you may or may not need to make. So, um, I would say to to really think yourself about what kind of experience you need. If you're looking for it to be like the ultimate like girls educational party weekend and you want to spend every single second at like level 10 with a million people around then plan for that because you can have it, you know? Absolutely. I understand completely. Yeah. There, you have to plan for what is going to fit you and what you know you can handle because we know what we can handle in social situations. And I would also say that our whole lives. You don't have to do everything, and you'll still get so much out of it. Yeah, right. We we actually skipped karaoke this year because we were just exhausted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I also like. Um, there's a few things that I like. I love seeing the same people every year at Utopia, but I also always like to find like one or two new people that I haven't met because I feel like seeing the con through, through like new people's eyes, you know, is really important. Um, Absolutely. So, like, that time, when I met you, I met, like, you and Tia and Crystal and um, Morgan, mm-hmm. like, all at one very random lunch. I just, like, walked into the hotel and sat down with a couple of people, and our table grew and grew and grew, and that was fantastic. And then I, like, wound up escaping, you know, with, like, half of you guys. And, you know, I think that, like, I if I had gone there being like, oh, I just want to see the people I already know, which is silly, but people do it. I would have missed yeah. out so much, and now a few years later, like, I love all of you guys so much, and I'm so, I'm so like, grateful to myself that I wasn't like, I'm just going to stay at my little table with the people I came here to talk to today. <laughs> so that's important. Right. Like, be prepared for your world to expand and then let it happen. Well, that's nine-tenths of the reason you're there is to expand your tribe and learn what they know, right? It is. It totally is, but I still think people get, like, I don't know, not protective. That's not the right word, but, like, Clickish. 
I don't think the utopia is clickish. What I think it is is that, like, if you know that that's your only time of year that you can go see people or whatever, you can be very precious about that. I think that's the right word. And Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's, it's, it's clickish, but with without the snobbery. It's like I, I want you to myself for 45 minutes because you're the person yeah, that I because I love you. Yeah, but yeah, I, exactly. But it's I not, completely. Um, you know, I think that for me, like the awareness that I will get more out of the conference by not doing that to myself has been a fantastic thing to learn. Right. So did you meet Heather Hildenbrand at Utopia? I did. I met Heather at one of the first, at the first Utopia, and she's so bubbly and brilliant, and it's a really happy combination in my world. Um, I love people that what? can do both of those things. She she has um, a brilliant mind. Um, you guys got together is. and did this GoFundMe program. So tell me a little bit about that. Like, what is it? Why did you start it? What is it about? How can people get involved? Um. We started it because um, the last day, I know Janet for a long time, and I, you know, knew that there was a lot of stuff going into this conference. It was a big deal. There were, like, more people. There were mm-hmm. lots of heavy hitters coming. I know that the first year the transition to the hotel had been, like, it's always different than you expect, right? And you're dealing with a new entity. Yeah. And I think that, um, that um once you get that under your belt, like, all the things that are, like, crazy about making that transition, like, the second year is, like, the hard one, right? Because you know what went right, you know what went wrong, you always want to improve, especially when you're Janet, because that's what she does. She's amazing at it. Um, and when I got there, like it, felt like, it felt like there was, like, a, just a teeny little, like, bit of stress that I had never, ever seen from her before. And the last day, I felt like she, she came very, she, she was very honest with everybody, at the closing ceremonies, and she said, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have noticed, but this week, like, this almost didn't happen. And it was only thanks to a very, you know, generous act by my mom, basically, um, that we got in here and now we're now we're, now we're on track and everything is, you know, going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But, like, you guys are all sharing your dreams and your hopes and your fears with me, and I want you to know what mine were and, and really, you know, how amazing this is that this is, this happened and how great you guys have been and how inspired I am, even though it was a little, more than a little tricky to get to today. Yeah. And I really, mm-hmm. you know, I admired her candor. I admired her tenacity, her tenacity. And um, I felt sort of in awe that, like, not to oversimplify, but, like, Janet's mom was funding my dream, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, there is nothing in the world that would have made Janet, like, not have Utopia. And, you know, the universe, like, always sort of comes through. But, um, you know, I actually got stuck in – that just really stuck a chord with me, I think, like, as a mom and as somebody who's, you know, known Janet for a long time and who's known how much she's put into this, I sort of felt Mm -hmm. like she took on – I know she always takes on all the stress of the conference. Like, I don't do anything except speak to her once in a while and be like, hey, how's Utopia? I'm really excited, which – must help a tiny bit because lots of people say that to her and that keeps her going all year. Um, yeah. But she does, you know, this all with the help of a few very dedicated people and it's amazing to me. So mm-hmm. that's just kind of stuck in my head and my flight got delayed and it was like best laid plans and I wound up getting to have lunch <laughs> with um, Heather and 
Stephanie Pajonis, who is one of uh, the people that I've met online, and then she came to Utopia this year because she wanted to check it out because I babble about it so much to her and yeah. to listen. <laughs> and um, and Patty Larson, who I didn't know at all, but came like one of my like, oh my god, I'm seeing Utopia through their eyes, new friends this year. You know, she's uh-huh. really really connected. Yeah. With. And we were just kind of talking about it. And we were like, you know, we should try to do a fundraiser or something and help get some of that money back because I don't want Janet to go into, like, this fifth year, you know, feeling so, um, feeling, like, stressed about that. And I know that she's got an even bigger and better team of people working with her this year. And I know that there are lots of things in place to make sure that there's, you know, bounty instead of concern for lack of a better way to put it. But we were just like, let's see if we can help. Yeah. Let's put together a fundraiser and, you know, see if we can get people to chip in. And so, you know, it's been, I, I keep trying to, you know, look at this and be like, God, there are so many people every day who are contributing to this in one way or another. And I'm so grateful. And yeah. you know, it's lovely. <laughs> yeah, I was super happy to donate stuff for that I think it's just an amazing thing you guys are doing. I'm so proud to call you my friend. Uh, <laughs> you really uh, have no idea. Um, so there, you guys are, have organized a blog hop that starts tomorrow. So what is what is the goal of that, and what are some of the prizes people can win? Prizes, people, prizes. Listen up. Yeah, prizes. Uh, well, the goal of that <laughs> is really the goal of that is really um, to share in 15 seconds or less what Utopia has changed in your life. When I'm on, you know, the boards when I'm seeing people chatter online, I keep seeing so many times people would be like, God, if I hadn't gone to Utopia, I wouldn't have published my book or I wouldn't have reached out to this agent or I wouldn't have started my blog or I wouldn't have offered to beta read or my editing business over and over and over again. I see people who leave this conference and, you know, we're four years in, so that's a lot of people. They leave this conference Mm -hmm. ready to do something that they would not have considered before. That was my experience as well. And I want to see people share that because to me, you know, if this many people are saying, wow, my life has changed because of this conference, then you know what? We can all support it just a tiny bit more to make it that much better to attract even more people who will change their lives by coming to this conference and, you know, enhance the world for the rest of us by whatever they produce because of that inspiration. Absolutely. And, you know, you send 10 books, you get free books like, to me, that's a win all around. Oh yes, <laughs> free but, books and, and the lunch blog. With, and we were, sorry, it's virtual lunch with authors, right? You have that too. Yeah, that's actually something I'm really excited about. We haven't done um, the first ones of that yet, but we're calling them electric lunches, and you will get to just like sit and chit chat very informally with a small group and the authors that are involved. Um, there's also Real lunches, if you're coming to Utopia, you can donate and get involved in one of them. Um, There are Mm -hmm. books that we're giving away. There's even um, a beach weekend in California. Um, There's, there's, uh, Shonda Haran has offered to take some people out to lunch or dinner at Utopia with her, which is definitely, you know, an upgrade from a brown bag get-together. So that's a lovely gift from her. We have... um, original artwork donated, and and people are offering more prizes, which, you know, we're so grateful for. Um, But really, we need people just to donate money. (laughs) At the end of the day, like, we have so many people who are like, I don't really care about the prizes, 
some money. I just want to be supportive. And we're like, we love that, love it. But the blog talk is, you know, not just to, to help spread the word, but it's also to help raise visibility for the people who have been so generous in donating. And I think it will make a really awesome collection of memories for our utopia. Hopefully it will bring some smiles for Janet, you know, because, like, all these people talking mm-hmm. about how utopia changed our lives. I don't know. I just feel like it's one of those things I can never get enough. Like, I can never hear enough about it from people. So mm-hmm. figured maybe I wasn't the only one. But it's actually the blog. Yeah, that's so idea awesome. Because she's, she's very crystal with like, hey, you think this might be cool. Let's make it a blog hop and do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> Obi-Wan, like, she's very precise. And she is incredible at, like, taking, like, a good thought and really making an action plan out of it. And I'm so grateful to have her partner in this because that's huge. That's everything. Are you still there? I'm here. Okay, sorry. It just kicked me off. What were you saying? (laughs) (laughs) I was just saying, I don't know when you stopped, but I was just saying how, you know, we were brainstorming ideas about how to communicate what utopia meant to us and how to really crystallize the blog hop and coming up with a way for, you know, us to do that and share those ideas around and raise visibility for the people involved. And I said I was very grateful to work with her on this because she's really great at you know, crystallizing those kinds of ideas and making them into action plans, and that's precious and valuable. Oh, yes, I would agree with you 150,000%. I'm so happy to be part of it, too. Uh, my videos, my blog posts are all ready to go. <laughs> uh, that's so impressive. I, so, I, I did my videos, actually. We were supposed to share one of my videos, and I forgot. So <laughs> I might do that on the Utopia <laughs> thing. But, you know, I have three without thinking too hard about it, so it's hard to oh, narrow it down. Goodness. Is a good thing. Yeah, 15 seconds was not a lot of time. So um, back at the beginning of the conversation, you mentioned in a lit chat. Um, did that idea come from Utopia? What is it, and where can people find you? That idea is interesting. That idea did not come from Utopia, but what came from Utopia was um, this little teeny tiny little tiny buzz about new adult for me. Um, that first year, I was um, I spent a lot of time with Jessica Sorensen and Ella James and Delphina Henley, who you know was Delphina Reads, and uh, Michelle Layton was there. Um, Abby Glines was there. Like all these people that were just sort of tiptoeing from YA into deeper waters, and I was really intrigued by that because I have so many stories about that time in your life, you know, between like 18 and 25, it's kind of after high school and before regular adult life, you know, there's so much transition and there's so much drama. And I have been reading a lot of stuff online, um, just different fiction sites, whether it was fan fiction or original fiction of like college-age kids, and I was amazed at how much of it there was in the world and how popular it was, but there really wasn't much of it on the shelf, right? And those things really dovetailed for me at Utopia, and I realized that some of these authors that I really admired were also dipping their toes in it. And it was, to me, like new adults sort of came about as this magical moment where readers and writers were able to meet because of Amazon and self-publishing, and they sort of did a runaround for the traditional publishers who didn't have any information or um, any interest initially in new adult. So 
I'm always up for new trends and new things, and I came home wanting to research more about it, and that was right when EJ Wesley had started um, an English chat. I think he had done like one or two weeks, and I just kind of jumped in there and started participating. It was right when I sort of fell in love with Twitter as well. I think before I <laughs> that I had like 60 followers on Twitter, and I didn't really use it much, but I had made it my mission. I think it was one of like Heather Heldenbrand's bits of advice, you know, that like you could really connect with with readers and other authors on Twitter in a way that was different from Facebook. And I made mm-hmm. it my goal to try it out. So I got involved with NALIT Chat just as a, you know, part of the audience. And a few months later, EJ asked me to come on and help, you know, organize things. And it's been an interesting few years. And now we still do it. We've done a lot of um, audio broadcasts. Um, there's weekly chats on Twitter on Thursday nights. Every week it's a different topic. But sometimes it's just a lot of, like, brainstorming and, boosting and sometimes you know there's really good answers we also often have an audio component which winds up being like a panel discussion or um guests we've had amazing people on uh, we've had hm ward we've had core Carmack, we've had you on like we've had like every you know so many people have been gracious enough to donate their time and it's great you can listen to the audio which is very informative you can participate in the chat you can do both um, but they all circle around the same topic, and the goal at the end of the day has always been to build up the new adult community and help people feel supported and, you know, recognize that what they're doing with these books is important and valuable. And, you know, obviously I really believe it is, or I wouldn't be doing it three and a half years later. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, do you guys have, like, a hashtag that you use to do the Twitter yeah, chat? Yeah, it's hashtag NALitChat, so. And you can follow at NALitChat on Twitter as well. Oh, that's very cool. So it's every Thursday night What about what time? 9 p.m. Eastern. Okay, everybody, you heard that here, 9 p.m. Eastern. Get on Twitter, hashtag NALitChat. Go talk with Amy and some of the other awesome people. I actually met EJ Wesley this year at Utopia. It was pretty cool. So um, you are a writer, obviously. You come to Utopia and you're a writer. So what are you working on right now? We're dying of curiosity. Um. Still working. I have the longest, slowest sophomore release ever um, with Echoes. It has kicked my butt in 1,500 ways, but it's very close to coming together in a way that I feel happy with right now. It's the second book in the Dolphin Prophecy series, and it takes the story of these twins who live on this island on the California coast um, a lot of steps further. They are, um, you know, they have a unique mythology around lifeguards and dolphins. And um, it's a lot of science. It's a lot of um, fantasy. It's a lot of action. It's a lot of romance. It's a lot of surfing. So it's been very complicated. (laughs) (laughs) But I love it. And I feel like I have a lot of books in my head, but as most people who have read that or know about it say, like, this is like only I could come up with that thing. Um, (laughs) And everyone who reads it, Thinks it's really unique. The flip side of that is like the contemporary romances, which I love to pieces, um, are a lot easier to write. <laughs> so I've taken periodic breaks yeah. and I have like three different books in various stages of editing at the moment um, because sometimes I just need to get away from like the really hard parts of very consuming, complicated stories. So I have a boy band book that will come out later this year that's a lot of fun and I um, spend the summer at a bungalow colony in the Catskill Mountains that is like smack out of Dirty Dancing. It's hilarious. 
So there's a book there. That really? Is, yeah, trying to get to uh, fall in together, and I think it just did. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Ah, oh, my goodness. Okay, so I know you're self-published. So what made you decide to self-publish instead of seeking traditional publishing? Well, that was Utopia. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you learn um, that pushed you that way or helped you in whatever way it helped? It was a long process, actually. So I... I think I mentioned like right before I went to Utopia or a few months before I went to SCBWI, which is the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. It was an amazing conference. I didn't know anything about publishing, and I left knowing a lot more, also knowing that, um, you know, my background as a business owner and the person in charge and a little bit of knowledge of the entertainment and the agency industry, just enough to be dangerous, not enough to really do too much with it, you know, made me realize that, the traditional publishing and like the stories that I was hearing and the way that it worked might be hard for me to deal with as somebody who was used to running their own business and calling the shots. Um, because as a writer, especially as a new writer, you're very much um, beholden to getting an agent to take your book and getting a publisher to publish your book and then doing whatever the publisher tells you to do. Um, and I was willing to do it, but um Right before I came to Utopia, I had the opportunity to go to a dinner with a whole bunch of agents and editors and pitch my book. And they were all like, wow, that sounds really interesting, um, which is often code for I don't really like that. But it was followed up with, <laughs> you know, this isn't a very – they all requested, but they were like, I just got to tell you, like, this isn't a time that we're looking for a lot of complicated stuff. Like, this is the time that we really want to – do the simple things because I was hearing this across the board and once I started, um, you know, taking meetings with publishers for other business reasons, I sort of saw what they were coming from. But it was right, you know, all of a sudden e-books had started outselling print books and there's been such a big shift and challenge for the publishing companies and they were still really trying to figure that out. So um, they wanted books that they knew would work. And my book is hard to pitch. It's hard to explain. And then people read it and they're like, oh, my God, like I've never read anything. This is totally unique, which makes me feel proud. But only kind of reiterates the fact that it would have been hard for a publisher with other spreadsheets and, you know, the way that they have to explain things to their um, boards of directors and to their salespeople and to their CFOs. And it's a business. Like, I totally get that. But it would have made it complicated. And I still hadn't yeah. really given up or decided on anything. I just felt like self-publishing was so intimidating, and I wasn't sure that I could do it. And then I went to Utopia, and um, I saw all these people who were self-publishing. And the difference between the authors at Utopia, and I don't say this to bash anyone because, like, with all due respect, and the, but the authors that I had met at TWI was that the authors at Utopia were filled with, like, excitement and passion and drive and the authors that I met at SCBWI, they were filled with drive and passion, but they were also mostly filled with fear. And oh. I wanted to be on the side of the fence with the people who were psyched and passionate and felt like like they were in on this like new thing that, you know, like they were quitting their jobs and they were getting readers and they were getting great feedback and nobody was saying no to them and they were publishing whatever wacky story was in their head and they were finding people to embrace it. And that, to me sounded a hell of a lot better, excuse my language, than, you know, sitting around and waiting for a publisher to tell me, yes, no, maybe, try again. Um, because, you know, I'm 
grown up. I don't need permission from you yeah. to do what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's a that's a great point. It's the excitement and the drive and the we can do anything because we are us. Yeah, I mean, I, mean <laughs> I I was really drawn in by that excitement. You know, I was like, this is the team I want to be on. These people are happy. Like. You know, like, I live yeah. in New York. I've been in all these, like, rooms with all these different, like, authors and publishers, and they were miserable. And it's like, well, I don't want to hang out with the miserable people. I want to hang out with yeah. the scared people. Like, I want to be over there with you. And um, those people who say, who pat you on the back and, and hug you and say, you can do it. You just have to do totally. it. Totally. Totally. And, 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 you know, at, at Utopia, I actually did – um. That summer, I did meet a publisher that made an offer, a small publisher that made an offer for my book. But um, and they're awesome, and I would have loved to work with them. However, at the same time, in the way that like life sort of just comes together in surprising ways, um, Amy Bartle had said something, you know, to me. She was like, "You can do this like yourself. Go hire the best, you know, cover designer. Go hire the best editor. Go hire the best." publicist you can and just you can do this like I did this you can do this I swear to God I'll help you everyone here will help you it's no big deal and I went home and um my dad had passed away like that weekend right as as, as soon as I came back and he had been sick for a long time but there was something about that moment that you know it became a very much like life's too short to wait for anyone or anything and you know let's see if you can jump in with both feet and um I happened to have a friend who had a friend who was maybe taking on freelance customers and or freelance clients, and that person had edited The Hunger Games, and I really couldn't <laughs> talk to me, but she did. She agreed to edit the book, and I kind of never looked back after she said yeah. That's so awesome. Ah, so inspiration for any of you people listening, you can do it. That's that's going to be our mantra here on the daily. You can show. do it, but you know the do truth it. of the matter is knowing where to find those resources. Everything, you know, the friend of a friend who was the editor was dumb luck. But I don't even think I would have thought that if I hadn't met, like I met, um, you know, KP uh, Simmons there, and she was in publicity, and she was like, "Oh, sure, I can help you do this." And there were cover designers there, and you know, I was able to call. You know, when I call three people that I met at Utopia and said, who should I use for covers? And they're like, well, I used to use this person, but I want to use this person next. And three people say, I want to use this person next. And one person just used them. And all of a sudden, it's like Regina Wamba three years ago because, you know, I had a few friends that recommended her. Like, you know, she certainly shot into the stars, but she happened to help me. And, like, we had a great time doing the cover. And we got picked up by, like, the Guardian for – best covers with crazy books that like hopefully I'll be on other lists again with someday with those authors so it's just it really comes down to like those connections and those people and figuring out how you you know what kind of support do you need and not being afraid to ask for it and giving back wherever you can absolutely I love that I love I love the whole everything you said it just it clicks and it makes sense and not that was not a book reference. <laughs> it, 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 it does. It makes sense to me. Like I totally get where it comes from. It, the feels and the excitement and the pats on the yes, absolutely. And, and I think like, kind of in the I middle. Think it's important to that know, key. 
like we have that utopia board. You know, I know not everybody is on it, but the people who are coming to the conference, there's a group in Facebook, and I see people in there. And, you know, I see people say, like, people who are not the writers in my life, they don't care if I'm writing or not, or, you know, they don't understand. And that, that's really true. Um, yeah. Somehow people have read books their entire lives, but the process of what goes into them is a mystery, and the process of how to write, you know, is a mystery. I believe yep. that everybody probably has one book in them, you know? Like, everybody's got a cool story to tell, but actually sitting down yep. and making a novel is hard and it's kicked my butt this year for sure. But um it is, you know. Yeah. Well I thank you. We're out of time. <laughs> We're out of time for today, but thank you for joining me. Thank you for having and me. Love talking to you. Cut us off. Any excuse. <laughs> Ditto. I really appreciated you coming on. Thanks so much. I'd like to give a huge thank you to Amy Evans for joining me today. It was awesome to have you on the show. For all you listeners, be sure you check out Amy's website, authoramyevans.com, and give her a follow on Facebook and Twitter. Again, the links are in the description of the show. Be sure and tune in tomorrow for my Revelations chat with author Amy Lee Strickland. Thanks for listening to A Daily Cup of Joe. I'll see you next time.